0: fall, everyone. Fall is here. I'm on pumpkin spice overload. And while I'm drinking a vanilla chai right now, um, you better believe that I've already had two pumpkin spice K-cups this morning. It's a love-hate relationship, folks, with that pumpkin spice. But uh, today's episode's a cool one. We're going to talk about food and food marketing. And I started my venture into food back in 2012, really restaurant called The Meatball Shop. And it was a small cult favorite uh, at the time that I'd been eating there weekly. And as I was trying to figure out, you know, which major tech startup I wanted to work for next. uh, And at the time in New York City, you basically either wanted to work for Foursquare or Tumblr. And I decided that I wanted to get into food. And I went into the meatball shop. I'd have my weekly meetings there uh, as I was trying to figure out, hey, where's the best landing spot? And I noticed they had this really cool skate deck on the wall, uh, and there was a culture and vibe about the place that I just had never seen before. And so I sent an email out to their HR department, and lo and behold, uh, they hadn't had anyone really doing marketing beyond uh, co-owner and creative director Michael Chernow. And so I sat down with Mike, and we we chatted, and we created a plan to scale the restaurants and, and keep this cult personality the meatball shop um, while growing the meatball shop uh, from 3 to 6 and now it's a little bit of a meatball empire um, really, really great experience for me uh, I want to thank Mike for letting me be a part of the meatball shop uh, growth um, and we did a lot of really cool things uh, we partnered with companies that you never thought uh, a meatball shop could ever partner with and I'm talking about Vans, Equinox Equinox uh, a lot of tech startups, Skillshare. Uh, it was just an amazing opportunity. And I have to say, there is no harder space to work in than the food industry. Uh, you want to talk about grinding, which was our motto every day. The food industry is is a daily grind, and you have some of the hardest working people in that space. I've always had a love for food, and it's always stayed with me. And that experience I had at the meatball shop uh, as the director of marketing uh, really has shaped uh, the way I look at marketing partnerships going forward. And it was a wonderful experience. And I have a lot to say on that in particular. And I hope maybe Mike will even join us one day on the show. Uh, he's he's busy with his new empires. Uh, if you haven't been to Seymour's uh, in the city, definitely check it out. It's an awesome, awesome place. And hey, if you're in the city, go to the meatball shop. Grab some meatballs and uh, have a great time. Great music great laughs. I mean, what more can you, can you ask for with, with friends when you're chowing down on, on some meatballs? And yeah, there were a lot of meatball puns as part of uh, my daily uh, job at the meatball shop. Uh, meatball, ball puns. You can endorse me on LinkedIn for for ball pun skills. Anyway, uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit because my good friend TJ Palladino uh, is joining us today on Teed Up. And there's this little thing, not a little thing, it's actually going to be a huge thing that's going to hit store shelves very soon. Uh, It's called Mayo Chop. And TJ and I have a lot to say on uh, marketing and food, but we're gonna really do a deep dive into to Mayo Chop and we're gonna give you an oral history of how Mayo Chop even came to be. Uh, it's a cool story. Thanks for joining us today and stay tuned because uh, you're gonna learn a lot more about Mayo Chop than you ever thought you would. Alright, so the hottest food item to be hitting supermarket store shelves this fall is mayo chop. And I've always been a big fan of ketchup and mayo, uh, and sometimes I've even combined them together on my own. But now Kraft and Heinz decided, hey, we're going to put this into a bottle and serve it up to the masses, and it's probably going to do gangbusters, and... I was wondering, how do I find out more about how this came to be, you know? And so I post on my Facebook, and funny enough, one of my good friends from high school, TJ Palladino, happens to work for Kraft and Heinz, And so he's here today, and he's going to tell us how Mayo Chup came to be, uh, what its future looks like, and also how he carved a life in the uh, food world uh, while living in Arkansas. So TJ, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Andy. Happy to be here. Absolutely. And so why don't you break down, you know, how you went from living in New York City to... Uh, being the world's greatest
1: mayo chop promoter uh that ever existed (laughs) i hope i become the world's greatest mayo chop promoter um i uh fell in love with the girl and the day that we got engaged uh she got a job offer for a little company called walmart and that brought me to bentonville arkansas the headquarters of walmart and uh by extension a, a a whole bunch of other companies that support the support walmart the largest retailer in, in the world so we, we packed our bags about three years ago and have been happy uh, ever since as arkansans which is a pretty crazy thought and, um yeah and so how did you get involved with Kraft and heinz yeah so i i joined Kraft heinz recently about five months ago uh, i had been working um in Bentonville, in the Bentonville area as a shopper marketing project manager, um, you know, working on a bunch of different brands, really learning uh, what shopper marketing is as opposed to what more traditional marketing you might be more familiar with um, back in New York, you know, in terms of uh, television or, uh, a city or other traditional media. You city folks, there's this whole other world. Um, And I admittedly was not familiar with what shopper marketing was prior to moving here. Um, But it is a a very rich, complex uh, form of marketing where we – we influence shoppers at the shelf, um, and so being here um, has afforded me a, a really great opportunity to understand uh, shoppers from across the country, what their needs are, and then how the best to best speak to them. Uh, so, having worked uh, worked on the agency side supporting these these marketing uh, programs, I was fortunate enough to land a position as shopper marketing manager at Kraft Heinz, which was a dream for me because I, my love of food and and Kraft Heinz has some of the most iconic brands that are currently in my pantry and in my refrigerator. So i been very excited.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, thinking about how in startup world, we're always so focused and hyper-focused on how to drive digital audiences to our products, and you're really going to old-school roots with Try and influence the shopper at the point of purchase uh, on a store shelf. I mean, my background, uh, Target was actually one of my first clients in my career. So I, I know firsthand, you know, what that's like and trying to drive traffic in store. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I spent my time, you know, as, as director of marketing over at the meatball shop restaurants in the city, you know, you, you get this tangible feel um, to the efforts you're doing when you're marketing that's super satisfying. You can actually see
1: the results right in front of your eyes yeah there's there's something great about walking the the aisles and seeing some of the work you've done um and that's not to say that we don't do digital work as well we do we do a lot of it um you know we are focused on the omni channel experience but we we have to get you outside of the store and then once we get you into our store or our dot com page we we need to close that deal so we need to really inspire you and and inform you of our product and its benefits. So um it's it's really exciting uh, and I do I love I love seeing our signage uh when I walk the sh- walk the stores it's 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 a great experience.
0: So the signage you're going to be seeing very soon in almost every aisle uh is for Mayo Chop and you know why don't we start with who is the guy in the room who raises his hand and says, hey, I think we should combine ketchup and mayo uh, together. And we all know we've been doing this on the side, you know, on the down yeah. low for years. <laughs> but who's the guy who raises his hand and says we need to push this
1: as a, as a new product? Yeah, uh, it was Nicole Kulwicki, who is our director of brand build over at Heinz. Uh, she... Uh, she she read something somewhere in Europe about, the, about people mixing ketchup and mayonnaise, and she had an idea of what if we package that as one product. Uh, this coincided with our launch of uh, Heinz Mayonnaise as well. So um, this all happened in you know March, April of this year. So she had this idea of combining it, but to make sure that we had the support to launch this product, she created a Twitter poll. Uh, it's a really simple Twitter poll, Do you, uh, would you buy mayo Chup? And if half a million people uh, showed interest in it, we would make it. And more, sure enough, uh, we had uh, overwhelming support for it, and a real testament to Kraft Heinz's ability to um, be agile in this space, uh, they're launching now in October. So just a few short months, we've been able to take an idea uh, to shelf which is really crazy in, in the CPG world. So it's a really exciting time. And it's a really great product, by the way.
0: Oh, no, <laughs> I, I look forward to trying. And I've read some of the early reviews. I tried to stay away from them before we chatted. But uh, it looks all yeah. positive. People people are amped for this to hit the shelves. And, you know, it's interesting because obviously Heinz is, is the ketchup chuggeron or um, Yes. And, and Mayo, you're you're trying to carve. You know, I won't. I won't, I think we all know. Uh, maybe one of your competitors may have had that market share before you, and yes. now you're about to take it on. Um, it's really yes. interesting that Mayo Chup may be the gateway into introducing uh, your Mayo to others as well.
1: Yeah, you know, we've seen a lot of really positive um, response to Pine's Mayo, and so I think, yeah, to your point, I think we can only expand. Uh, our, our our base by sharing mayo chup to the world. Um, I love it. We were uh, my team and I were just in Chicago this past week, and we were fortunate enough to go to the mayo chup food truck and nice. get a sample uh, get a sample of it. And it's even better than uh, than I remembered. It's it's a fantastic product. Um, I'm I'm really happy with it, and I think it's again to to show that we were able to go from from idea to to store shelf in just a, a really quick amount of time. It's it, it's a testament to our work and, and sort of that startup mentality that Kraft Heinz is trying to uh, trying to implement and, and you know stay uh, try to stay ahead of the game.
0: So I think what I really need to know, this burning question that I've had since I found out about this, yeah. uh, who decided on the ratio of ketchup versus mayo? Did you run this oh. through focus groups? I mean, is this how does this process work? Because this would be the most oh. interesting thing for me and uh, something I've tested personally many times <laughs> over.
1: So for you, do you... Do you do a 50-50 split or do you lean more towards uh, ketchup or mayo?
0: So so here's my strategy. You always have to go first with the ketchup. I think it's the similar process I do the peanut butter and jelly. And maybe people are going to – I hope I'm not offending anyone by this. Uh, but <laughs> you always have to pick one as the base. And so I start with ketchup as the base. And then you slowly add the mayo until you get to the point that you feel you have the right uh, flavor for you. Uh Yes. I would say I lean heavy on the ketchup, same way I lean heavy on peanut butter. Um, oh, I'm a jelly guy, so uh, you know we're, we're going to throw down. <laughs> well, we like to we like to represent all people here on t uh, and so I, I, I'm fine with that. But, yeah, and I would say it ends up probably, for me, being personally around 60-40 split in favor of ketchup. But uh, what's your strategy?
1: You know, we've done a lot of tests. Um I've been fortunate enough to, to taste, uh, some early iterations of mayo chop. Um, you know, there's a, there's a whole team, a culinary team that, that works. I'm envious of their job. Uh, it seems like a great one where they, they're constantly working on, on the formulation of it and sharing it with, uh, not just members of, of the craft team, but also, you know, focus groups as well. Um, I don't know the exact ratio, but I do know as someone who's also, you know, pro ketchup uh, with mayonnaise added slowly in that it it works for me so i'm I'm gonna assume though i can't I can't confirm or deny this that it's heavy uh predominantly ketchup gonna, as we are uh, we're losing a lot of the mayo audience as as we speak i feel
0: uh, uh, oh no it's still great it's still great you can still uh Hey, if you want to leave with mayo, be my guest. You know, if you want to take a walk on the yeah. wild side, uh, maybe I'll try it one day. But now, you know, my life has made so much easier uh, because it's all going to be in one bottle. And I right will to, uh, to make those game time decisions. Um <laughs> So, I mean, it's interesting to me, you, your background, I still want to, I'm, I'm not done talking about Mayo Job. We'll, we'll get back to it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I want, I want to learn more about how you guys plan to promote it. But before we go there, uh, I, I find it, I always am interested in learning about startup journeys. Um, and, you know, now you're in Arkansas. You're working with Kraft and Heinz. You're working for one of the largest, uh, most loved, beloved, you know, oldest brands. Uh, how does that differ from you know working with startups and in the advertising advertising world and you know being in Arkansas versus New York City, L.A. Like, what are the major differences you're finding? You know, you're in a bigger world in a
1: smaller place right now. Yeah, no, that's a really great, uh, great question and great, great observation. Um... I would say the the demands are are the same. I think I'm just you know the goals are different, but the demands are the same. It is a it is a challenging it's a challenging role uh, in terms of you know working. There's no secrets here. You know, retail is 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 a challenging place to work and, and to and to grow businesses. Um, so having those challenges uh, when you are working on such iconic brands that you represent um you you want to do everything uh uh, right that's going to support support you and and support your company um so i would say in terms of that the the job or the the roles and responsibilities are not are not crazily different however The quality of life living in Arkansas is much different than the quality of life of living in New York. Um, I would encourage anyone listening who has the opportunity to work outside of one of the major markets to really consider it. I think uh, consider working in a smaller a smaller market. I think it's a a wonderful place to to grow, uh, to really shine and to um, experience uh, a different type of life. So I, I've been really happy. I, I fly fish now, Andy. I never, I never knew how to fly fish until now. So uh, I, to, I thank Arkansas for that.
0: You'll have to teach me. It's, uh, fishing was something I took up after I graduated college uh, in 2008 with the, the recession, you know, full swing. Yeah. And I uh, decided maybe I'll become a fisherman and uh, did not catch many fish. But uh, it was a good experience. Yeah, it, there's a lot, you know, that you just said that kind of resonates with me. I, I took a little bit of the reverse pass, a reverse path, I feel like, from you. Um, starting out my career working for Target, um, this huge brand and all the responsibility that comes with that. And then I decided to go smaller and work with startups. And, you know, eventually that road led me to the meatball shop restaurants in the city. And um, the one commonality I feel, though, uh, whether you're a big brand or, you know, an emerging brand, um, if you love the product and you love what you're doing that kind of comes through and it doesn't get lost when you're a big brand um that's something i always respected about target i feel very much the same way about Kraft and heinz and uh and then when you're small in the smaller guy world uh you know meatball shop was an emerging brand at the time uh that i was uh taking over for marketing it uh that, that you you can't lose that that focus though on 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 that love for the food itself, right. And so we're talking now very specifically about food brands. and I think there mm-hmm. is this it's hard to hate a good food brand is is kind of what I'm trying to get at here.
1: Yeah, you know, food—the the love of a of a food is just so much more visceral than some other products. So, um, people are really attached to to food. It's it's what they ate growing up. It, it reminds them of a good time, of a, a certain person or an experience. So, you really have to keep that in mind when you're when you're working on that brand. And this is this means something more. So, uh, it's something that I've always thought about. And um, you know, I, I love so many. Of of the the Kraft Heinz brands um, so it's, it's, it's happy. It makes me really happy to, to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, and and that was the thing for me, too, working in the food industry. Um, at the end of the day, like, you know, in the startup world, we have all these KPIs and metrics. And, hey, we have to get the subscriptions to convert. And uh, what I loved when I worked at the meatball shop was the goal was to make the customer smile. And, we, and as cheesy as that sounds, yep. uh, they smile through our food. And everything we did was with that mission in mind. And there's something just really genuine about marketing. Um, towards the KPI of a smile, and uh, yeah, and I think that's unique to, to food. I, I think you know we have we have a passion for food. We we eat it every day. Obviously, we use it for sustenance. But um, I think in terms of marketing a product, food is is one of the most interesting products to to market because you're dealing with something that's extremely personal. I mean, you are what you eat, right? And I think that's just a unique opportunity and how much does your own like passion for food and and i know you cook and i want to dive into that a bit because i feel like yeah yeah. there's a lot of men who cook and and it's not talked up enough but uh we'll get into that but how does that all play a role into your daily strategic thinking and how you're going to market products like mayo chop
1: yeah so when we work at work serving the walmart customer and and um And client, we we think of meal solutions a lot. So a lot of our products are, you know, our condiments like your ketchups and mayonnaises, um, as well as some of your, uh, you know, we do Oscar Mayer cold cuts and and uh, hot dogs and a bunch of other uh, really familiar uh, familiar products. So we want to we want to be a part of that of the meal solution. So a lot of the times I am thinking about. as a, as a, as a home cook, how can I take these items that are, uh, you know, across the aisle that cover our full portfolio that can be used to elevate a meal? So, um, how do, how do I cook with ketchup in a way or barbecue sauce or, uh, to elevate the, you know, the Oscar Mayer hot dog or how do I, you know, uh, update, uh, anything from a hamburger or update, uh, my, my Christmas meal, like how do I incorporate these, these brands, uh, into, into my everyday, uh, occasions. And so that's something that I think about constantly. And, and we make it a point, uh, when marketing to our customers is to offer a solution. So these products offer a solution, whether it's convenience or, uh, to elevate, uh, a meal. Yeah. It's something I think about as well, particularly
0: with the nail market, and, and we've had some side conversations about this and yeah. you know I love to cook I have a bunch of friends who love to cook i don't think there's any stigma attached uh, to 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 men who cook, certainly, so i don't understand necessarily why men who cook aren't marketed more towards if that makes sense
1: yeah no I think it's a it's a huge opportunity uh, you know my my grandfather was a chef, and so I grew up um, with men and women in the kitchen it was never it was never um was never a gender role. You know, everyone cooked, everyone worked uh, in the kitchen, cutting, chopping, mixing, stirring. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's an opportunity, whether it be, um, the products offered or how we, how we talk to the male consumer. You know, I think, I think shoppers are more complex than, than, um, we give them credit for sometimes. And I think really using data to dive in and really understanding uh, who these people are and, and really just kind of a shift to, you know, it's a woman's women go to the grocery store and they buy the products and they cook and, you know, some women do and some don't. And, you know, we we need to reach everyone and we need to tell stories that matter to everyone. Yeah. And I think with your advertising background,
0: you know, you've studied the history of advertising and you can tell there were tropes that were put into place a lot. Largely, uh, you know, anyone who's a Mad Men fan can just look yeah. and uh, see, you know, how a lot of stereotypes were kind of pushed. And for me, it was like, hey, men are on the grill and women yeah. are in the kitchen and I kind of can't stand that because I love being on the grill, but I love being in the kitchen and there are plenty of women yeah. who love the grill. Um, yeah, and I feel like there's a big opportunity for, for men, uh, to have a place in the kitchen. And like I said, not to harp on, uh, on something I just said again, but I don't think they're being marketed towards
1: really. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, at all right now. Yeah. Very, um, uh- Uh, not as broadly as, you know, the, the busy mom, as we, you know, we call her, but, um, yeah, I mean, certainly not to the extent I think it is, is applicable. I think we could certainly reach, uh, we as marketers in food and beverage can really, uh, make a more, more of an effort to, to target those, those male shoppers. Um, and just, you know, I, I think, yeah, to your point, I'm, I'm, I'm losing my track. I, I get so fired up about it too, uh, yeah. because I don't feel like I'm, I'm listened to as, a, as a shopper sometimes. Yeah. You know, I'm not considered. I think when you think of
0: CPGs and you think of males and you think of, you know, how they're marketed towards uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is beer, right? Like, Oh, you've cracked the football crowd. Yeah. And that's, who's running to the store to pick up beer. Every now and then you see something, you know, towards, you know, Doritos or name dropping brands. Hopefully they're under your portfolio, but, um, (laughs) I'll try not to do as much. Uh, but, uh, you know, every now and then you see, like, men marketed towards, but I, w- I would say it's still largely uh, a woman's world when it comes to the kitchen and, and marketing. And I don't think that's fair to either gender, to be honest. I mean, everyone needs to, to pull their weight in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, especially as, um, you know, households have uh – both, uh, both partners uh, working, that the idea that um, the woman's in the kitchen making dinner is is, is outdated, that um, the duties uh, of households, you know, all household chores are split evenly, and, and sometimes, you know, in my house, I do most of the cooking. I, I enjoy it, um, and I think it's fun, and I think um, we need to be cognizant of that, and, and really, you know, go out and, and show them that, you know, this product is not or just for women. It is for any busy person that's looking for a, a convenience or anyone who wants to experiment in the kitchen and make something new and different. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think there it's untapped. Let's,
0: let's, let's go back to Mayo Chup a bit in, in the context of this conversation and to me, like, Hey, Mayo Chup is for men, Mayo chubs for women, Mayo chubs for everyone. Uh, How are you going to roll that message out? You know, how are you looking at which markets will adopt MayoChop? Are you kind of taking a wait-and-see approach? Are there some very specific strategies that you can tell us about? Um, But how is this universal product going to reach these consumers?
1: Yeah, so I I can only speak uh, in terms of the Walmart business, but we are – but overall, yeah, there is a huge push uh, nationally uh, to get the get the uh, brand awareness uh, of Mayo Chup. Um, you'll you'll see things um, digitally supporting the brand as a whole or the product as a whole, I should say. Um, at Walmart, you'll see an approach of you know really sharing the idea of, of Mayo Chup to to all shoppers because I think. I think at this point, you know, we don't know who necessarily the target shopper is. I think that the target mayo shop, chop, chop chopper, ooh, that's a mouthful, is anyone who likes, uh, you know, interesting sauces and flavors and who's a fan of mayonnaise and ketchup, which I would imagine is, is most uh, American consumers. So I, I don't think we'll be limiting our, our target per se for this. And as we... As we grow, and if we find out there is a, you know, certain applications uh, of mayo chup, you know, certain uses of mayo chup that um, skew one way or another, we'll, we'll probably tell her that. But I think when when launching a new product like this, especially with such broad appeal, your your target is going to be more more general yeah that uh
0: that fall mayo chop campaign is gonna be fun i imagine it's a lot of football and mayo chop and uh i'm curious how you go into thanksgiving like can you make a yeah. chop? can you make a mayo
1: chop turkey inspired dish i mean uh, uh yeah i think you can i would love to see you try that are I, I, you uh, are you a food influencer at all
0: uh only to my like 600 followers on Instagram and uh, the, about the 15 people who actually like the photos. Um, but, uh, but I'm gonna try. I, I definitely like, I love experimenting. I think that's part of the fun of cooking. Um, uh, probably, probably start out with mayo chop in the grill experience. So I am yeah. the stereotypical male I just described. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to splashing some mayo chop on, uh, on some burgers, uh, coming this fall.
1: But it's great, great on some fries too. Uh, I can't, sh- you know, encourage that more. Uh, a little orida, uh, fries, a little mayo chop. It's a nice way to sit and watch some TV uh, with some friends. So, so. mayo chop, not
0: mayo chop directly, but but sauces and fries actually led to me attending NYU. Uh, I'm not even joking. So on our orientation What's the story with this? Yeah, it's a good one. Um there's a great fries <laughs> spot in New York City called Palm Frites, And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever been there. I think I you came to visit me one time at MLAU. We may have even gotten there. But on my orientation yeah, that, tour It was a fun night. Yeah. It was yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's for another episode. Um crazy days, guys. It's it's all Instagram <laughs> photos now. Um yes. So back to what I'm uh, sorry all there. Just taking a, a, a time traveling train back to uh, to Washington Square Park. Uh, anyway, um, so Palm we, we stopped there on our orientation tour, and I don't care all the things that NYU was pushing to me about this great education and access to the city. Our orientation guide took us to Palm which had fifty f- sauces to try with these great fries, and I thought it was the, m- the most unique experience in the world, and I had to come to NYU. Uh, because it was coolest thing. <laughs> uh, maybe my parents shouldn't be hearing that they 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 <laughs> supported the fries dream. Uh, could have made that,
1: worse decisions.
0: <laughs> I mean, hey, college recruiters out there, uh, just get some fries and and some mayo chup and hand them to any people interested in your university. But um, so yeah, so I guess this was years in the making, this conversation. But uh, yeah, it'll be fun to see how 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 the mayo chup rollout goes. I think you know always a little bit skeptical with with big food trends and big food launches and I think the number one thing that that I personally can't stand at the moment, yet I still will admit to participating to on some days, are the national food holidays. I'd love to hear what you think about this. I mean, since Mayo Chops inception was largely based off of Twitter feedback, I think a lot of these Mm -hmm. national food holidays have been born out of hashtags. Uh, I don't agree with all of them. You know, hey, if we all want to have a national pizza day, that's fine, but what really irks me is like National Pepperoni Pizza Day. I mean, come on! Like it's a little, a little too specific. No, it's yeah. just crazy. It's it's madness. But uh, what, what's your take on on like food holidays in general?
1: Uh, personally, I, I mean, I think they're they're a nice way to you know get a free donut or uh, you know an excuse to eat pizza. But as a whole, no, I, I don't I don't fall uh, fall for that trap. I think it's uh, it, it's, it's- Purely marketing. I don't know who who comes up with these dates, but uh, yeah, for me, uh, I, I try not to, to follow those those silly trends.
0: So, this is going to be a controversial topic. Uh, in past episodes of Teed Up, I've uh, I've reviewed. Uh, a drink that uh, many people will know as a pumpkin spice latte, and uh, I won't go into detail on the pumpkin spice latte because you'll have to tune into other episodes of T dot to listen uh, for my my, my in depth review of, of, the, of the PSL. Uh, let's talk about
1: pumpkin spice on the whole. All right, uh, you go first. Uh, I like pumpkin in pie, and that's about it. I don't like to drink it, so uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of the pumpkin spice latte or cereal or beer or whatever else uh, it's been it's been used for. I do I do like what it represents, which is the uh, unofficial start of fall, which is my favorite holiday. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I won't. I, you won't see me with a Starbucks uh, pumpkin spice latte anytime soon.
0: Uh, Starbucks is sponsoring this podcast, so you <laughs> will see. No, I'm just kidding. They're not. Uh, but if they want to, <laughs> uh, I'm all ears and, and maybe maybe I'll change my mind. No, sorry. Right, anyway, um, maybe I'll maybe I'll change my mind. <laughs> so, so and also. So, OK. Pumpkin spice for me. So you're a pumpkin spice conservative, essentially. I would... or pumpkin conservative. You're a, a grand old p, grand old pumpkin. All right, GOP. Uh, I am more of a pumpkin <laughs> liberal, pumpkin spice liberal. Uh, okay. I embrace it, you know. And I think last season I said, after this, uh, no more pumpkin spice. Uh, I'm not, I'm not having this anymore. And. Now, this season, you know, I, I had a little bit of a mishap with a pumpkin spice latte. Uh, it was a little too early. It was August when they launched uh, it. With, yeah. Um, it started on. Uh, I went down for two days after it because it's just a pumpkin spice overload. Um, but but I'm I'm back into embracing the pumpkin spice. I probably have consumed five or six pumpkin spice items today. Uh, Trader Joe's just, is doing just a, today. Just today, Trader Joe. I went on a Trader Joe's uh, shopping spree yesterday. Again, Trader Joe's not sponsoring the <laughs> podcast, but if they'd like to, uh, all years. Um, <laughs> yeah, the I I've had a lot. Of, I had a pumpkin spice omelet this morning. Uh, Uh, with with pumpkin uh, pumpkin salsa I'll back up so it's like pumpkin inspired salsa I've had three cups of pumpkin spice coffee today not a latte not from Starbucks Uh, but they were K cups and that's almost worse Um, what else have I had pumpkin I've had a lot of pumpkin today and I don't see it the trend uh, going down anytime soon it's amazing how when Thanksgiving hits it's like this automatic switch where I'm just like no more pumpkin and I have like five pumpkin pie slices and then i'm like you need to stop like this is it and then automatically pumpkin spice on the day after thanksgiving tastes terrible
1: to me well you're starting in august that's why your, your pumpkin spice period is, is far too long
0: well i think it's because there's, there's no there's no buffer in between pumpkin spice and gingerbread
1: whoa so there needs to be a buffer a, that's a good there does there needs to be a reprieve for a few days to get into the the gingerbread season, I agree. Gingerbread season uh, is like thirty days. You think it's that? I guess it's, maybe it's the cinnamon is not my thing. I don't know. I I just can't believe you eat that much pumpkin. You ate that much pumpkin spice today. That's that's impressive.
0: I uh, I'm working on a pumpkin stew. That's my going to be my weekend project because I'm trying to okay, get pump- a lot of mileage on my slow cooker. Uh, Ooh. Okay. So I'll be posting that to to my Instagram. Andy got photos. Uh, check it out. Check it out. It's photos of my dog and food and. Occasionally, i go surfing. Um, it's a nice life live there, Andy. It's, it's, it's what pays the bills for this podcast right now. Uh, on that note, if you'd like to be a listener support member, head on over to Anchor.fm and uh, click that support tab uh, so we can have many more episodes talking about food. Back to the podcast. Um <laughs> Okay. So, so, so this this episode is completely derailed. Um so back it's to okay. pumpkin spice. Okay, the other one I want to talk about, and then we can talk about like predictions for, for other food trends coming up. Sriracha. Yeah, sriracha but- had a huge moment. I don't know if it still yes. does. I know I've seen it in like beer, but uh, how do we feel about sriracha?
1: I love sriracha. I think the the trend that you will see overall uh, is just bolder, flavors in general. So I think spice is kind of the gateway of that. Is like how you get people involved in experimenting in, in new flavors. So yeah, sriracha I think is a great great gateway to that and expanding the palate of the American consumer. Um we're seeing a lot of just different flavors overall come through. Um but yeah, I, I love sriracha. I love the spice and the kick. <coughs>
0: What do we think are some upcoming food trends so you mentioned you mentioned the spicy flavors coming to market yeah. what what if we look into the food crystal ball you know yeah. mayo chop is a huge success mm-hmm. you're, you're rolling in, in mayo chop this fall but what's going to come this spring what, what's the major trend whether it's a sauce whether it's you know uh, a beverage you know what's coming this spring that we don't know about yet?
1: So your your biggest trend is I don't think it's a surprise to you or your listeners it's protein. So Speaking how do we incorporate protein? It's, yeah, so it's protein in all forms, whether it's in uh, you know protein infused water or. Um, you see things like alternative proteins and Impossible Burgers so there's that um, which is a huge one I think again back to trying newer, newer and bolder flavors whether that be in uh, sauces or uh, prepared meals uh, I think that's another trend that you're going to see more of sort of the Blue Apron coming to the grocery store so picking up a meal kit there I think you'll start seeing more of those um, to really encourage cooking and experimentation to, to get people trying new flavors, new preparations. Um, I think you'll see not at Walmart anytime soon, but the CBD oil starting to creep into uh, products everywhere, uh, starting first with probably coffee and then uh, branching out into some other, uh, but mostly beverage at first. You know, we see Coca-Cola just recently uh, is in talks to, to purchase a, a cannabis company. Um, and, and that I think that trend is just going to continue. So um, you know, keep an eye out for that in your store. Um, and then the convenience as a whole. So we see it here at, a, at Walmart with online grocery pickup. So we'll see that with other competitors offering uh, pickup solutions. So ordering online and then going to the store and, and pick up your items already uh ready to go or even home delivery so again it's it's convenience it's health uh and then and, you know consumers want to know that their food it, where it comes from and then it's sustainable so a sustainability and packaging is going to be uh, crucial um i think you'll see blockchain really uh coming into you know tracking where food's coming from identifying uh anything from uh you know E. coli outbreak, so we can, you know, eliminate those at the start of a of a problem. Um, you know, th- I think those are those are where you're going to see uh, a lot of trends moving forward. You said a you lot know, and, of really oh gone. You have more? There's so many oh, trends. Insects Yeah, there's a lot of tra- insects. I, I think people mm. are going to laugh, but insects, I think, not anytime soon. Uh, but consumers are going to start seeing again. Going back to alternative proteins, you'll you might see insects on your shelf in a bag. Intentionally uh, In the future So I bet you they taste great uh, With mayo chop You know I think you might Cut something If you want to You know Deep fry some uh, You know Grasshoppers with me We can go experiment I, uh, I have a consulting fee. We'll you talk to my agent after the show.
0: Um, you said a lot of interesting things there uh, that I largely agree with. The one thing that jumped out of my mind: uh, protein flavored water. And I thought of the Limp Biscuit album. What was it like? Chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. Hot dog flavored water. Yeah. I'm surprised my memory is sharp enough to, to remember the full name of that album. I don't know what that says about my music listening uh, when, I, when we were teenagers, but uh, that wasn't it was, one on heavy uh, rotation. Yeah,
1: it was questionable
0: at best, Andy. <laughs> that was not uh, that was not meant to offend Limbisket fans. We've already lost um, the Mayo crowd. I can't afford to lose the uh, the many die uh, diehards listening. Uh, so so many of them. Shout out sure. to Fred Durst uh, if, if you're still alive. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff coming. Uh, I'm excited yeah. about Mayo Chub. I'm excited about sauces. I do hope that we find a better way to include everyone in the kitchen uh, with our advertising, yes. with our marketing, with our products. Uh, I just think, you know, hey, men and women should be grilling together, should be cooking together. You know, yeah. this is not something that we need to segment necessarily. Um and I think the the world would be a better place. It's a very preachy thing to say uh, yeah. if we start thinking that way in terms
1: of our food marketing. Um, yes, cooking together is is a is an activity everyone should do. It's a it's a family activity. It's it's how you show people that you love them yeah. by preparing food for them. So you, you have yeah. an addition to the family on the way. I do I, I, any day now. Literally, need I'm I have a, a big. Ba- Boy, coming! So your wife excited. could go into labor during this podcast.
0: It's it is a real possibility, Andy. That is, that is exciting. This is a first for teed up. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> it doesn't happen, so we can yes. have you on for a few more minutes. But uh, how do you think uh, that will change your cooking habits? That will change the way you think about food. Now that you're going to be providing for someone you created. Yeah.
1: Um, it's it's a deep question, but yeah, I'm you know, my 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 parents, you know, and my grandfather especially, you know, gave me in the kitchen at a young age and so I have very fond memories as a as a child cooking, and that's something that I wanna instill uh, to my son. Uh, I think uh, we'll try to do uh, as much healthy eating as possible you know i i uh, i want him to know that food is is nourishment but it's also uh, it's also got to taste good it's got to be something that you love and and uh, i want to i want to get him cooking i want to get him cooking uh, early as possible um but yeah i will be you know thinking of, of healthy healthy ways to to get him eating uh, early on i really think if if you Share healthy foods with kids early on. And don't make a big deal about it. They will enjoy it just as much as they love candy and and some not so great food for you.
0: You're so, uh, you're definitely sneaking some mayo chup into the bottle though. Don't lie. Oh, there would definitely
1: be mayo chup. I I love I love ketchup. I love mayonnaise. There's no reason why you can't have it. I encourage it. So it tastes good on the vegetables. It tastes good on a burger. So enjoy it. You, you hear that world? Mayo Chup is for
0: babies. Babies love yeah. mayo chop. Uh, I don't know if you'll be running with that marketing uh, campaign my, right off the bat, but it's there. It's my, it's up there. My legal team years. might have
1: some. Uh, my legal team might. Uh, okay, babies might may have some not love mayo
0: Chup, Everyone, this is not proven. This is this is just two guys talking and pontificating <laughs> about their favorite yes. condiments. all right on that note i do want you to get back to your wife uh i want you to get ready for the big fall mayo marketing push tj thanks Mm -hmm. so much uh for spending the time with us today on teed up and we hope to have you on the show again uh we'll talk about mayo when it when it hits shelves and we'll do a little bit of a of a of a review come maybe uh come later
1: this fall that sounds great andy thank you for inviting me on i had a great time
0: all right tj Talk to you soon. All right. Be good. Be good, man. Bye. Well, there you have it. Uh, I think we're all pretty pumped for mayo chop, and I can't wait to put it on my burgers, my fries, maybe my Thanksgiving turkey. I don't know. Things are going to get pretty crazy. Thanks to my guest T.J. Paladino for coming on the show, uh, and as always, please like and subscribe uh, if you enjoy listening to this podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. This is Andy Rosenberg for Cheetah.